We've been doing a, I guess you call it a little sermon mini-series for January. I've been looking at the beginnings, right? And so Jordan kind of kicked us off with the first Sunday in January. He looked at the beginnings of calling, and I went back and uh, looked at the beginnings in Scripture. So we looked at the beginning of everything, right? Creation. Looked at how God made the world, um, how he formed it, how he made man, and man was his greatest creation, right? And then last week, maybe I scared a few of you off. Um, we talked about the beginnings of wisdom. And wisdom, she was there at the beginning too. She was with God laying the foundations of earth before time began. So I hope you've been enjoying this little series, but if you didn't guess it, I am going to continue looking at beginnings from Scripture for at least today, maybe next week too. That'll get us through January. But uh, if, you've, if you know the word beginning in Scripture, You've probably been thinking this one since we started it, but there's one beginning that is very prominent in one of the Gospels, right? And it's in the book of John, and it's what Riley read for us this morning. It's in John 1.1, and it goes like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Did I say that backwards or did I do it right? The Word was with God, and the Word was God. So in the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Now, John's kind of weird. When you put him in the, in the box of all of the other Gospels, if you look at Matthew, Mark, Luke, they all start pretty close to the same. Or they at least start with the same characters, right? And John's way over here in a different place. You look at Matthew, we've been reading it in the, uh, the one-year Bible right now. Matthew starts with genealogy. Why? Well, it gets all the way to Jesus, and then Jesus is born. Oh, he's starting with Jesus. Makes sense, right? Mark, Mark gives us a, a brief introduction to John the Baptist for a few verses, and then guess who he talks about? Jesus. Luke? He starts way at the beginning talking about Jesus. Before Jesus is even born, we're talking about Jesus. And then we see the whole birth account. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they're all talking about Jesus at the very beginning of the gospel. It makes sense, right? That's what the whole book's supposed to be about, Jesus. But John does something really weird. He doesn't talk about Jesus at all, does he? He talks about the Word. The Word. In the beginning was the Word. So John's kind of a weirdo. So when I read this, I'm like, what is he talking about? And if you were just to read verse 1, you would be really stumped with John. What is he talking about? Everybody else is talking about Jesus, but he's talking about a word. What word? What is this word that was in the beginning? There's a lot of words, right? <laughs> what word is John talking about? I mean, you look at the Hebrew, you can look at the Greek, they still had a lot of words. There's a lot of words he could be choosing. What in the world is he talking about? Well, if you really looked at the Greek, you would find the word that is word, the word for word, is actually this word. Wow, that's a lot of words for word. The word for word in the word is logos or logos. It's a Greek word, but what does it mean? That's kind of the whole point of where John is starting here. John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was logos. 
and Logos was with God, and Logos was God. So we translate this word to our English language, and we get the word word. <laughs> we get the word word, but here's the thing. Our English language doesn't do a very deep definition of this word logos or logos. Because yes, it means word. It can mean um, like the word of God, right? There's a Bible app out there called Logos. You can get it for your phone. You can get it for your computer. It's the word of God. That's all it is. So it can mean the word, but it has a deeper meaning for that than that, especially to those um, who John would have been writing this to, who the Holy Spirit inspired him to write to. They would have understood that the word logos doesn't just mean word like any old word. It has a very, very deeper meaning. You guys know the deeper meaning? I bet we can figure it out together. How about that? How about we play a little word search today as our sermon? The word is logos, and it means word, but it has a deeper meaning. Let's read what John has to say after verse 1 and try and figure out what the word logos means. Sound good? Okay. Let's go ahead and open back up with John 1.1. 1, 1. And we'll keep on reading from there, and we'll go in to verse 2. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So right here we see what we've already talked about. The beginning is a Word. But there's another interesting thing I want to look at here. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. And verse 2 says, He was in the beginning with God. All right, so this word is not just any old word. It's a, it's a person. Kind of like wisdom, right? It, we've got some person going on here, right? So this person is with God. So in the beginning, there's a person named Logos, and he is with God. That's as far as we know right now. Let's see if we can figure out anything more from what John has to say. John verse 3. And continuing. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the light was the light of and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So in the beginning we have a man, his name is Logos. He's a he. But it's also a person who all things were made through. Interesting. Kind of like wisdom. Wisdom was kind of a person that all things were made through. Interesting. Nothing was made without him. Nothing was. So he's a man who made everything, and he was making everything with God, apparently. But he also is the light and life. Do you read that? And the life was the light of men. So this person that's at the beginning, Logos, Word, is a man that created everything and brings life and light to all men, and the darkness cannot defeat this light. This is a pretty powerful person. This is almost kind of getting God level, isn't it? If you can create everything and you bring life 
and you bring lightness to dark and it cannot be defeated, that kind of sounds like God. But the word's just word. Interesting. Let's keep reading. John kind of introduces himself, so that's why I'm skipping a few verses. He introduces himself after he starts talking about this word, logos, and this word, word. But he picks back up here in verse 9, talking about the word, the word, word. So John chapter 1, verse 9, he says, The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He, again, it's a he, was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. So this word is a he. He created everything. He's life and light, light that cannot be overcome by darkness. But he also came to the world. He was coming into the world, and he was in the world. But what did the world do to him? They didn't accept him. They rejected him. He came to his own as a person in the world, but his own people did not even receive him. So this is a man that was in the world, but yet rejected, even by his own people in the physical world. Well, now I'm really confused, because just a minute ago I was saying this looks like God, but now this looks like a real man because he came to the world. If only there was a person that was God and a real man. Let's keep reading. Verse 12 and 13 of John chapter 1. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God. So this man, this word, logos, He's a person. He created everything. He's life and light and darkness. He came to the world and was rejected. But through him, those who believe and receive him, he gives the right to become children of God. Just like you were born of God, but you weren't actually born of flesh from him, but you're born of God. It's like you're God's own child. This word, logos, this he, has the power to do that. Man, this word is powerful. Any guesses on who this might be talking about? Jesus. Kind of give it away when you say, man, this kind of sounds like God, and this kind of sounds like man, who would that be? Jesus, right? It kind of sounds like Jesus Christ. So, if you weren't already thinking it, I said at the beginning that John doesn't start talking about Jesus. He talks about a word. But what's the word he's really talking about? He's, he's a he, and his name is Jesus. But man, it becomes super duper clear when you read the last verse that I want to show here in John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 14, if you weren't sure if it was Jesus or not, listen to this verse. And the word, the logos, became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory is the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Who's the only son from the Father? Jesus. 
Who's the one who became flesh and dwelt among us? Jesus. Who's full of grace and truth? Jesus. And he's the only one that was sent from the Father. John really likes to hang on to this fact that Jesus was sent from God as his only son. You might know probably probably the most famous verse of all time, right? It's John 3:16. That's just two verses after where John just or two chapters right after John just said the only son from the father. He says it again in John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Or depending on your version it might say everlasting life, right? John loves to talk about Jesus, but he does it in a weird way, doesn't he? He talks about this word, logos. Listen to everything we read now, the first 14 verses of chapter 1, and see how obvious it is Jesus once you read that last verse. John 1, verse 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. Verse 9, the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, to his own people, and they did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory is the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So guess what? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then I guess John all start their books off by telling the story of Jesus. A lot of people would tell you that Luke takes you the furthest back with Jesus. Before the birth, I would argue John takes you even further back. Because where does he start? In the beginning. In the beginning was Jesus. And see, those who are reading the Greek, those that John were writing to, when John would have wrote down the word logos, they would have been confused. They would have read... In the beginning was the Messiah, and the Messiah was with God, and the Messiah was God. And we just kind of have a poor translation to our English today for the word logos. But I think it's pretty powerful. When we read the word word, we can think about Jesus and how Jesus was there all the way back to the beginning. So why did I want to read all the beginning of John and, and tell you all of that? Just to prove that Luke's not the first, John is? Well, no. I wanted to point out the fact that Jesus was at the very beginning. If we're going to talk about beginnings and how God created the world, 
If we're going to talk about beginnings and how wisdom was there when God created it, I think it's really important for us to realize that at the very beginning, when the foundations of the earth were being laid, Jesus was there too. Jesus was there too. And I think that's so important for us to remember because we can kind of sometimes get caught up in this idea in our culture that Jesus is kind of like a plan B. You know, you read the whole Old Testament like we're doing in the one-year Bible, and you're like, man, God tried with these people, but they just couldn't get it. They just couldn't, they couldn't get it, so he finally had to just reset everything and send Jesus. But if Jesus was at the beginning, he wasn't the plan B. Why would you make a plan B way before plan A ever got started? See, I think Jesus was there the whole time because he was the plan. There wasn't a plan A and a plan B. God had one plan, and Jesus was there making it with him alongside wisdom at the very beginning. Very important for us to remember that. So when we read the Old Testament and we read about these people being total mess-ups, just like we are today, when we read about the sacrificial system and trying to make right with God, and we read how much it didn't work, that's not because that was the failed first plan. It's because God wanted to prove to people that they needed his plan. God needed to show people that they could not do it on their own. They would never be good enough. And I don't know about you guys, but I still feel that every day. He proves that plan over and over to me that I'm never going to be good enough. Well, you know who was? Logos the main plan, Jesus Christ is the only redemption that there ever was. And they would have known that. Some of them might have avoided knowing it. Some of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, like we've been talking about in Bible class, might have rejected Jesus. In fact, John says he was rejected, right? But it's been throughout all the scriptures that this Jesus was the plan. And we started talking about that a little bit this morning. But if you look at the prophecy and the prophets, it's so clear if you know about Jesus what they're talking about. They're talking about Jesus. Let me give you just an example. I'll give you three examples out of the one prophet, Isaiah. So just one prophet, one book. I'm going to hop around and go in order. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. This is definitely talking about just some random birth that's going to happen. No, this is pretty specific, isn't it? The prophet Isaiah way back here is talking about Jesus being born to a virgin, and his name will be Emmanuel. He will be born. What about this? Two chapters later, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government, they shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Again, if you go look at history and where Isaiah is sitting in current time, this did not get answered until Jesus. They didn't have a perfect king, a wonderful counselor, or a mighty God that just showed up until Jesus. 
So Isaiah, he, he's saying, he's going to be born a virgin, be called Emmanuel. He is going to be king over all, including the governments and everything. He's going to be a mighty God. And then I'll jump a ways ahead here, since we're not going to read the whole book of Isaiah. Isaiah 53, verse 12. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many, or all, depending on your translation, of many, and makes intercession for the transgressors. All right, this one sounds a little more prophety, a little more wordy. But if we kind of dig through it, who's a person that bore the sin of many and makes an intercession for sinners? Who steps in the place for the sin of all? Jesus. So when John was writing about the word logos in the beginning of his book, they would have heard Messiah. And for those that got it and understood what Isaiah and the other prophets and prophecy has been saying for ages, would have heard, in the beginning was the Messiah that you've heard about your whole life. In the beginning was the one who is going to be born a virgin. In the beginning is the one who's going to be a wonderful counselor and a mighty God here on earth. In the beginning was the one that will step in the place and die for the sins of many. In the beginning was the word. So Jesus was already there. Jesus had already been planned. God had already planned and already had and was walking alongside his only begotten son, as you probably know, John 3.16, right? His only begotten son was there hand in hand from the beginning until he returns at the end. I just think it's interesting to try and dig through history and try and find Jesus there. There was a really interesting one, and I'll just kind of give you the quick rundown of it. You can look it back up, but if you've been reading the one-year Bible, there's an interesting one that I think is Jesus, and it's in Genesis 18. And if you know Genesis 18, maybe you've been reading it. You've probably heard the story. It's the story of Abraham and Sarah. They're told that they will have a many great nations that will come from them and their offspring. They're old. Too old. So old, in fact, that Sarah laughs. But before she laughs and before they're told this, out of the desert come walking three dudes. We don't know a lot about them. In fact, we only ever hear a conversation with one of them. But Abraham is excited. He wants to greet these guys, so he, he gets the tent ready. He cleans the house really quick. He tells Sarah to put on some stew. Okay, that's Harold's version, but he gets ready for these guys, and he greets them as they come in, and he welcomes them into their tent. And they are the ones that give this good news. They're the ones that give the, the information that Sarah laughs at. But have you ever noticed when you read that? There's two that kind of seem like angel-type guys. I don't know. And then there's one that does all the talking, and this is how he is always referred to in the Scripture. All capitals, L-O-R-D. Never any other name except Lord. 
Lord, Lord, not, not lowercase Lord like a king, not capital L, smaller case, not that, but all capitals Lord. And he's the one that talks to Abraham. He's the one that gives the promise. The other two head off to go find Lot and warn him. We haven't heard him talk, but apparently they can. And the Lord stays with Abraham and talks a while longer. And then what happens to him? Disappears. He's gone. Don't hear anything more about him ever. But Abraham sat there and stood there and talked with the Lord? That one gets my mind turning a little bit. Was that Jesus not only at the beginning, but Jesus a little bit into the history as well? And what other places might have Jesus been there working in the world that we're just too blind to see? So somebody named all capitals Lord told Abraham the promise that would bring Jesus as a man through the virgin. Interesting. Very, very interesting. So he might be there more than you've ever realized. I invite you to read as you read this Old Testament with us and you look for Jesus a little bit. Wonder and think if he's there. I won't tell you it's a wrong answer or a right answer because I don't know. Just like you can tell me, Harold, you're crazy. That wasn't Jesus talking to Abraham. But I don't know. The main thing that I want to point out is that Jesus is the word. It's not just a random word you pick in the English language, and it's not just the Bible either. This wasn't assembled in the beginning. This didn't exist in the beginning. The story hadn't been told, and it definitely hadn't been written. The real word is logos, and it means Messiah, Christ, Jesus, King. Because in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, Jesus. And he was with God, making the world. So don't ever let yourself fall back into the trap of thinking Jesus was plan B. Because he wasn't plan B. He was the plan the entire time. So much so, so that the plan helped lay the world with wisdom and God and made it so he could come and save it. He helped create the man that he knew was going to sin, that he would have to die on the cross for. That's pretty deep. That's pretty special stuff. Jesus was going to be the only sacrificial lamb, and he had to prove it. But he was there creating man before any of that happened. He was the plan before the plan began. Jesus, the word. So I guess you could say there at the beginning, you know, the spirit was hovering over the deep. God, the father, was there creating. Jesus, the word, the son, was there, and wisdom was there. Man, the void was getting pretty full. Kind of baffles your mind, right? Because whenever you think of the creation story, the very beginning, you just think of God. But there was four people there, I guess, right? At least four personalities. I don't know if they're people. Four personalities there, I guess. But Jesus was there at the creation for that very reason, to make the people that he would later have to die for. And he wasn't a plan B. So if you've never experienced God's plan, he died for you and for me. He didn't just die for the sins of whoever. He specifically did it for you and for me. He was there at the beginning because he wanted to save you. He wanted to save me. 
And like I said, I'm constantly reminded that I can't do it by myself. I will never be perfect enough, even though I'm pretty perfect. I will never be perfect enough. So if you don't have a beginning yourself with Jesus, he wants a beginning with you. Because he was here at the very beginning of all time, and he wants to have that relationship with you. Because he wanted to have that relationship with me, and I'm, I'm so glad. So if you don't have that, find one of these Christians around here. I know they'd like to talk to you about that. Let's stand and sing for this last song as Jordan comes up here.